welcome to RSS, the revolutionary sports front, your dirty, nasty, and controversial sports talk podcast for all things Detroit sports and sports worldwide. Here are your hosts, Tony, Joey, Frank, and Gerard, four lifelong friends born and raised in South Detroit. Episode 37 of the Revolutionary Sports Front. Huge special show today. Uh, I got the Preston brothers to my left and right. Joe, as always, via Skype from Washington. And before we start, because obviously it is 10 a.m. in the East on Super Bowl Sunday. So that's that's the main focus of discussion today. It's what everyone's talking about. We're going to talk the Super Bowl. But for ourselves and for the fans... Um, this is episode 37, as I said, and there are 52 weeks in a year. And it was one year ago today that we started the show on Super Bowl Sunday. Um, and just to, to you know, kind of show, 37 out of 52 for guys who work full-time, one of them being a full-time member of the United States Marine Corps, that ain't damn bad. That is not bad at all. 37 out of 52 is a very good number. Um, we had a few bye weeks here and there. But, um, you know, guys, I just wanted to... We're batting 700. I mean, those are Hall of Fame numbers. For sure. And I just wanted to say before we got started that as a team, um, we've grown chemistry-wise, um, more, morale-wise. We've gotten a lot better at this as individuals. Well, we, no uh, shit. We've gotten... No shit. We've gotten but better... Do you think so? We've gotten better equipment. Um, we've advanced tremendously as far as the, the, the studio and, and the equipment that we use. And also, we've, de- we've had the privilege to develop uh, true fans across the nation and even, uh, even across the, uh, the, whole, the whole planet. We got fans out of the country, too. And um, we just want to thank the fans. Also, give ourselves a little bit of a pat on the back for, for busting through this and being consistent and staying driven for a year. And literally, now we can say we've done this show from Super Bowl to another Super Bowl. And the name of the show explains it all. It's called Revolutionary Sports Fl- Front. Um, we're here to revolutionize sports. And um, we haven't we haven't nearly hit the nail on the head quite yet, but we're damn well uh, we're damn well along a, a good path, and we're going to continue that path, and, and we'll be uh, doing many Super Bowls to come. So good for us, and good for the fans, and and let's talk about the Super Bowl, man. Jerry's got a little bit of a format. We'll break it down, keep it real simple. We're not going to bore you. It's going to be exciting. I love you guys. It's been a year. Let's talk about the Super Bowl. All right, so we're going to start off with just general breakdown of the game and who you think is going to win. Obviously, that's going to be the leading topic on every show today. And as it should be, it is Super Bowl Sunday. I consider it a national holiday. I know the government doesn't, so I don't get tomorrow off. But I know. maybe one I day. I really need tomorrow off. Yeah, try, no, you know what? try going uh, in tonight some, at midnight. Hines, yeah, some, Hines, Craft uh, Hines, they gave all their employees the Monday off afterwards. I Honestly, people, and I don't know if you're that, if you're listening to the show and you're not that big of a sports fan, I wouldn't buy any car, any products, anything that's made the day at the Super Bowl. I wouldn't, because you know, most of the people that work in manufacturing are getting toasted tonight and showed up to work at 7 a.m. So just be careful. Lug nuts is all I'm saying. Probably stay away from fast food places, things like that. Yeah, just <laughs> yeah, in you general. Know, you know what? Uh, I, a, lot of, a lot of units uh, in the Marines, they, they give the Marines a day off on Monday. Uh, you know, because primarily America. it's like a, a male uh, service and a bunch of alpha types who play football growing up. So a lot, a lot of attraction to the game uh, in, in the community. Uh, but, yeah, I, a, lot, a couple years ago I had a Monday off. Um, they don't do that here, but my old unit, we used to get Mondays off after the Super Bowl. Well, yeah, but I mean, the Super Bowl out there is going to be going live at 3.30, so I mean, it's a, it's a little bit better for you. You can tie one on and still be in bed by 7 p.m. I don't care what time zone, you, zone you're in, there's going to be a lot of sore heads tomorrow, that's for sure. I think that's yeah, the point. Yeah, I mean, it's just the, the party atmosphere. I mean, the party, the party doesn't end when the Super Bowl ends. It, you know, it ends when everyone's done drinking, so. Well, the party don't uh, start till I walk in, but let's get this going, guys. What do you think is going to happen tonight? <laughs> Um, who wants to kick it off? I can, I can do it. I can I start. I mean, I can go. Okay, Tony. If I you mean, insist, you go. I, I just usually kind of wait, let you guys go. I just figured this time I'd jump in right on the go horse for right go away. Ahead. Tell us about so, it. So, uh, I mean, we're looking at a Super Bowl between Atlanta and New England, of course. And both these well, teams. No shit. No shit. But it's deep. You think so? I mean, both these teams kind of came into the playoffs and 
they haven't really faced that stiff of competition. They've blown out both teams they've played. You got Atlanta, who played the Seahawks, and beat them 36-20. to Then they beat the Packers 44-21. to And then you got New England. They beat the Texans 34-16, and then the Steelers 36-17. to I mean, these guys haven't been in close games so far in the playoffs. And their offenses have really produced for them. And there's still both teams, I mean, have given up close to 20 points or over 20 points. So there's a lot of questions. That's, uh, that's not, are you talking about in the playoffs or season long? In the playoffs. Oh, sorry. Keep going. You know when they're playing like the other good teams? Not when they're playing whatever scum they scrape off the bottom of the barrel. Okay, can you continue? But so, this is why I'm leery of letting you start off, but keep going. <laughs> hey, I think I'm good at breaking shit down. But so, I mean, the big question is, which team's defense is going to step up today? And which team do you think has a better defense to shut down the other team's offense? Also, with Atlanta, you got question marks all over their offense. With their centers playing on a broken leg, they don't know if they'll be able to finish the game. That's what they got cortisone shots for, bro. He's fine. Julio Jones is probably going to have to have surgery on his toe in the offseason. So, I mean, there's a lot of question marks on how well their offense will be able to perform with the injuries that they have. And I think it's going to be the Patriots winning a close one. I mean, I think I last time I saw the spread on this game, it was, it was three. Like, yeah, it was a Check field goal exactly. And I think that's probably going to be the margin of victory for the Patriots. Okay. Well, that's, so that's Tony on t- Team Tom Brady. What are you looking at, Frank? Okay, so I'm taking this as a – first and foremost, I want to preface by saying that I think this is a fun topic because myself and the rest of us don't really care about either Yeah, we don't have a dog games. in the fight. I could give a shit about these two. I've been, to, to be quite honest, I've been tuned out since the Lions got bounced by the Seahawks. But, I mean, um, I am um, aware. I'm, I'm cognizant of what's going on. So I look at it this way. From a competitive standpoint, I feel that the NFC – was the superior of the two leagues uh, this year as a whole. So the gauntlet, that being said, the gauntlet that Atlanta has gone through to get to where they are today, literally, um, has been more difficult than what the Patriots have had to do. you got two great quarterbacks going at it, one who's got a proven track record and has done it before, but one who's, you know, MV, Natty Ice MVP type. Um, you got weapons everywhere. Um, but I just want to go back to the competitive standpoint with the, with, with the NFC because I'll tell you what, man, as much as I rip on Dallas and Green Bay, um, both I hate. You know, they, Dallas was a, was a killer team, man. They had a great regular season. You saw what they did against the Lions. The, uh, they had a great season. They're a good team. Green Bay went out there in close fashion, beat them, and then they come out against Atlanta, although beat up, and Atlanta – you know, beats up on them. And, and, and so I think that um, the road was tougher to get here for Atlanta. And despite all the things that Tony mentioned, so I am picking Atlanta to win. I think despite who I'm seeing Atlanta, um, I don't think that they're going to have um, stage fright by any means. I don't think they're going to get outclassed. Uh, but the, the thing I do worry about anytime you give new England Belichick and Brady a couple weeks to, to study a team, Given their history, of course, you have to worry. LeGarrette Blunt made some incredible runs throughout these playoffs. His quad strength is unbelievable. He moved a couple piles. I've never seen quads <laughs> like that. You know, um, I'm being serious. Why and, am I glad we have Frank to analyze players' quad strength? Well, if you saw the, the couple of the clips that I'm talking about, if you watch the games, man, he's moving, he's moving like a, a mountain of, of men. But um, the New England Patriots are no joke. I don't see this being being a blowout in any standpoint or any way, any fashion. But uh, I think Atlanta wins. I think the spread's three, so I have to say they'll cover the spread. Um, I believe the over-under is at 58. I don't think it'll get that high. I think it'll be under under that. But um, I think Atlanta, you know, and first of all, I'm also picking my opinion because I'm kind of tired of the same narrative. I think we all might be, in a way, you know, the Patriots and the Patriots. But um, – yeah, I'm going to go with Atlanta, and they'll cover the three-point spread, and it'll be a great game. I think Julio and all those weapons will be just fine. Yeah, yeah. I like a lot of what you said, Frank. It starts over there, and we're going to finish it over here in terms of talking about the ATL. You made a lot of really good points that I can piggyback off of here. So if you look at strength of schedule on the season, for the regular season, New England had the easiest by far, by almost like a one percentage point or however they do it. Well, they can't we're, control that their division Yeah, I know. Sucks. That's true. So and then Atl- just saying. Atlanta had uh, was about even with the rest of the league. They didn't have harder. They were about like plus point one in comparison to the rest of the league. So they're a little bit harder than average. New Don't England- they play in the NFC South? Yes. Yeah, so I- 
So they got to play Tampa Bay, Carolina. Tampa Bay went nine and seven. They had to play Drew Brees twice, and they had to play Cam Newton, the reigning MVP. They twice. played Green Bay when they were better. I mean, why you got to be an ass, Tony? This year, dude, you're naming like people that. Breeze is going to make the Hall of Fame. Jameis Winston might be a Hall of Famer. Cam Newton's a reigning MVP. They had to play all those guys that won that division. What they go like twelve and four. This yeah, is supposed to be a I'm, forum, uh, but I, I'm just okay. Saying, so then New England was plus one ninety one with that easy schedule. Atlanta was a surprising, even though they had a much harder schedule, plus one thirty four in the season. The one thing New England does have going for them is their scoring defense. Like Frank mentioned last week, they're only giving up sixteen points a game. But once again, it's an easy schedule. Where Atlanta, even though they're number six in total yards against. They're actually 22nd in scoring defense, so they do give up points. And the rush defense has been suspect, which is why I like that you brought up LeGarrette Blunt, Frankie, because that can be, if New England's okay in the game, they could they get, might bullied. Be able to get, they could get Blunt bullied rolling. Bit, yep. The one thing that I like to look at a lot when you see teams like this, because Brady's almost like become famous for it, is being able to advance the sticks on third down. A third and seven, third and six, he gets there. The New England Patriots defense has given up about 39% of their third downs. Atlanta's right there at 43, so that's actually kind of a push. So then, if you look at playoff numbers, Matt Ryan's out there, 7-0, touchdowns-interception ratio with a 132 quarterback ratio. Tom Brady's a little bit tougher, but they did face the uh, Texans defense, so there's at 99.5 for his. And they face the Steelers defense, But too. the one point Frank brought up was, I'm glad he said it, the one main thing, because I think these teams are actually pretty even on paper if you look at them. Both their defense give up. I mean, and it doesn't actually look like because the points for New England, but their defenses can be beat, but they have prolific offenses. But what Frank said when he said, I don't think Atlanta's going to buckle on the stage or melt under pressure or whatever, that's the question mark in my mind is this, if Atlanta, some teams get to the Super Bowl and it's like they're so happy to beat there, they go be there, they go in and get blown out. And that's what Atlanta has to watch out for today. And cause, because Frank said he doesn't think Atlanta's going to crumble, I'm taking ATL as well. And if they win, I think they're going to win by 14. I think they're going to get out on them. And one thing Matt Ryan, I think I said it last week, does better than any quarterback that I've ever seen personally in my lifetime is when a team's game plan, like every time all the Patriots take away your number one weapon, which is obviously Julio, Matt Ryan has had Julio so long. He just, with these new weapons and Muhammad Sanu and Tyler Gabriel and Tevin Coleman on the backfield, he always finds a way to get it to somebody else. And I think it's time. I think Matty Ice has finally got the MVP last night. I think it's his time. I think I got uh, ATL 34 to 20 specifically because I think that wins me one of my football squares. <laughs> Fantastic. Joe, what's going on in Washington, man? What do the hippies think about this? So, uh, well, the hippies, <laughs> the hippies hate New England, man. I'll tell you not, that much. Not uh, that you're one of them. They, they know the hippies out here hate New England because they, they beat Seattle in that Super Bowl a couple years back. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it's funny. They, they probably never had an opinion, you know, before that. Uh, they probably never had an opinion about that until until they lost to him, and all of a sudden they're all about the deflate gate. They're all about like, oh my god, Tom Brady's the worst thing ever. But they, you know, they're 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 worst fans. Anyways, so um, yeah, looking at New England um c- coming in, I, I thought the teams they faced compared to uh, who Atlanta faced uh, on paper, Seattle and Green Bay were were probably two of the better teams in the league, but. In reality, they're also two teams that are uh, pretty beat up. Um, and you think about Seattle on the road, um, they, they're kind of getting ragdolled by everybody on the road this year. Uh, That's a good and, point, and Joe. To make, to make matters worse for them, they, they lost Earl Thomas, uh, so their defense just, just wasn't the same. Um, I, th- I think they kind of had like their, their, their final good game against Detroit because as, as a home, they kind of rode their momentum there. Uh, and even then against Detroit, I didn't think they played all that well. I think Detroit – Probably probably played pretty decent on defense, and uh, and, and so the, I mean it's, you know Seattle really had no offense, and then when they played Atlanta, they lost all momentum off that penalty. Uh, then, then you look at the Packers game. The Packers had Tall Boys and and Ball Boys playing uh, safety and corner, and then uh, you know obviously Matt Ryan's gonna eat that up, and then there's just some wild wild events uh, for the Packers offense that that happened in the first half that just that just did not happen six games prior. Um, six games prior, you've probably been looking at 10, 13 points for the Packers coming out of the first half and said they had zero. So Atlanta's, I think Atlanta's ridden a little bit, a tiny bit of luck due to the health of the, the opposing defenses they've played. And now they're coming in playing what I think is uh, a much, much healthier defense uh, with a secondary that's, that's a little bit better. Um, and then you look at, you know, New England's path, uh, they, they played Houston. 
not sure about Houston's health, but Houston did have a pretty strong defense coming in, and and Brady and Brady and company was able to overcome that. And then Pittsburgh, I thought, was actually a more complete team. I know they lost Bell partway through the game, but they did start the game with him. Um, you know, and 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 Pittsburgh does have a good assortment of receivers, a pretty a pretty good tight end, and a and a quarterback who's who's definitely uh, been there, done that. So it's it's not like. Pittsburgh was it was some cheese puff coming in the AFC Championship game. I thought Pittsburgh had a uh, had a good turnaround at some point this year and came in hot. So uh, they, they took care of them pretty easily. And what I think is uh, you give you give Belichick like if Frank, you already mentioned this, and I think this is really important. Belichick's the best coach in the league, and you give him two weeks to get ready against against an offense that I mean, if, if you stop their offense, I think I think that's really what you. All you really need to do is just at least get get a few stops, because I don't think their defense is really up to snuff. They got the worst red zone defense in the league. Um, you put Brady inside the twenty yard line and see what you can do from there. Um, and the the biggest thing about New England's offense is it's very cerebral. Uh, you don't see any real superstars. Edelman's probably the closest thing to that, but you don't well, see. Any I mean, Gronk if he's healthy, he's arguably the best out. tight end ever. But yeah. What's that? I was just making sure that we mentioned Gronk. Like, if he was there, he's probably the best tight end of all time. Right, right, but he's out. That, that's yeah. Well, Joe, that's Joe, finish your point, and then I, I get we're gonna do the. I'll be the first one to follow up on on the on the next step of this. But go ahead and finish your point. I'm gonna follow up on something. But go ahead. Yeah. So, I, so I mean, without without uh, Gronk and I, I think their their game plan, the, the way the way New England runs the offense, it's it's very uh, cerebral. It's very uh, thought out. Good scheme. And I, I draw similarities to other Super Bowls they've been in. Is they they've really just come in and played a uh, they they played their game plan. You know what I mean? They 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 execute. They don't make many mistakes. Um, we'll see we'll see how Atlanta feels in their first Super Bowl. But the biggest thing for a lot of these guys over in New England, this isn't their first rodeo, and they're coming in and it should be like another week for them. And, and Atlanta's going to have to come in and keep their nerves down. Maybe the first couple drives. Uh, until they get settled in, I don't think it'll take them too long to get settled in. Probably like a big player or something will, will get them going. But I mean, you got to think. I mean, it's just another game for Brady. This is his seventh Super Bowl, and uh, I, th- I think I got to go with New England on this one. I think it is going to be close, but uh, I can't. I can't see her not pick the Patriots. Okay, and now so. Just to play the devil's advocate, on to go back to your first original uh, refute. To my point, um, to whoever had the harder road of getting here, the, the tougher gauntlet, if you will. So you mentioned that Seattle and, and Green Bay being banged up, and that's that's true, but that banged up Green Bay team also also beat a pretty pretty badass Dallas team, and and, and that's fine. So you, you can take that standpoint, but to be, uh, be the devil's advocate, when you look at Houston in that game, and I did watch that game, it looked close because of how tremendous Houston's defense is playing. But you can have a defense playing so so awesome, but when there's absolutely zero threat of any offense whatsoever, essentially, besides Hopkins with a quarterback who can't get him the ball, I mean, it really wasn't that much competition for the Patriots. It ended up being, what was the score of the game? I know it was pretty like much 34, 13, pretty much a blowout. It, it was a slow, calculated blowout. Tony might look it up. It was thirty-four to sixteen. Thirty-four to sixteen. And it could have been worse. It, it just the defense held up for for Houston without JJ Watt. That give him props, but there was just no threat of offense. And then you go to you talk about Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's got talent galore, um, but also they have a they have a team with character that is highly questionable. You had the the two instances with the the locker room. Uh, Facebook Live and all that stuff, and that that could have played a role too. You, you either agree or just, I'm just playing the opposite side of it. But also, as far as devil, devil's advocate, I'd like to say Pittsburgh's defense is incredibly soft this season, and that's what I was just going to say. The third point, they're very soft, and then it, it allowed well, yeah, it allowed. Well, well, we'll get to that. Number it, six in uh, yards against. It allowed that gimmicky. You know, I'm not trying to be weird. Uh, the gimmicky white receiver, wide open, like you know, the, they had the the uh, pitch back to the quarterback. You know, it allowed those kind of plays to flea be open. Flicker. The flea flicker. I, I lost my train of thought. Um, a lot of gimmick. You know, a lot of the the quickness and those kind of inside routes. I uh, I think they got, they got the rookie Neil. Right? Is that the rookie? Yeah. 
coming oh, no, across. Vic Beasley. Be- the, they got they got missiles inside the middle of the field. Is my point to stop that kind of stuff. They really don't have much outside uh, as a threat. I wouldn't. And to your point, Joe, I wouldn't call Atlanta's defense soft. I'm just saying the two. As far as the road that got them here, you can make arguments on both sides. I think Atlanta had a tougher road. You think that um, you know they got a little bit lucky. We disagree. That's fine. But. Pittsburgh had character issues, and Houston's had no offense to show for whatsoever. And as far as this game goes, I think Atlanta's defense will be able to perform well enough to allow New England to not look like the monster that they have at some point, at some points of the season. And uh, I think it'll be enough to to win. Obviously, I, I picked them to win, and I also think their offense is just going to go off, man. Julio Jones, you can call turf toe. He's going to put it all on the line. You get that guy turf toe. I still think he might drop over 200 tonight. So. I just I just don't in any world see Atlanta's defense being any anywhere close to what Pittsburgh and Houston had yeah, offered. I was just going to say, although this is one of the... Uh, I'll give you Houston. Go ahead. This uh, Super Bowl is one of the harder ones to predict, but I think we can all agree. I mean, this could be wrong, but I mean, my, if Atlanta's going to win, they're going to have to go out there and score some points and put Brady down and make him one-dimensional because the Atlanta's when they can make a team one dimensional, they're actually pretty good. I mean, all teams are, but Atlanta is exceptional once a team's one dimensional of hanging in there because they got Desmond Trufant, who's a great cornerback. They have safeties that are opt, uh, optimistic or opportunistic. But I think if Atlanta wins, they're gonna have to go out there and score like maybe three of their first four drives and get out the field on defense. Two of them get up maybe four, get yeah. up. And if uh, New England is to win, I think it's gonna be classic New England style. I think they might actually if New England wins, I think it would be a blowout. And I think that they would just stop him two or three times and be the reverse because Brady can shred, I mean, pretty much every defense. Well, yeah, because Atlanta, one of their strengths is they get up on you and then they have those two, they have uh, Freeman and Coleman as their running backs. And they'll just sit there and hand the ball off to them all day, just rotating them in and out. Yeah, they have a hell of a tandem back there. Four or five yards a carry and they just slowly will eat up yardage and clock. I mean, Once we don't talk about lead. the Patriots much on this show, but like as much as we talked about how Rodgers outside of the pocket is just so deadly and extending the play, that's like his thing. Brady's thing's all about just like time. Their playbook is just incredibly thick, and that's why Ocho Cinco didn't work out there. Was it's all based on like uh, I think either Frank or Joey said the cerebralness of the offense. That's a great way to describe it. Every route's an option route, and if you're facing man, you turn into a drag or slant or something. And if it's a zone, you find a soft spot and sit down. And then whatever shoulder Brady throws it to. If he's accurate, and he normally is, that's what shoulder. That's which way you're supposed to turn the field and run, or that he throws it away. He's like, as good as Rodgers is, and as accurate as he is in this aspect, Brady's way better of throwing his receivers. They always say throwing them open. That's not really what he's doing. What he's throwing them is throwing to a spot where at least likely to get hit and be able to make a run after the catch. Like he, and also he's put, really good at putting it on the spot where if his receiver can't make the catch. It's it, not getting yeah. picked and going the other way. And Brady's deep ball isn't exceptional. It's actually, I mean, it's lost a little bit. Over about 30 yards, Brady, I mean, I wouldn't. There's Stafford's probably a better thrower over 30 yards. We're talking about accuracy. Brady kind of just lofts it up there and hope his guy gets underneath it. He underthrows people every once in a while. But the thing of the day, like Joe, was it Joe that said it's cerebral? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. That's, that is the key to their offense. We never really get to break it down, but it's one of the more exceptional offenses in the league today and it's been that way since uh charlie weiss was there was that the guy Coach yeah charlie weiss before yeah, yeah back, back when they first were winning yeah. yeah i think charlie weiss is and still the, getting paid the by thing about New England is they're just so busy they were talking about tom brady's only seen belichick outside of like football related activities at like randy moss had a halloween party one time they like never have gone and got a pizza and a beer together or, like gone and split a freaking greek salad like new england's all business up there which makes a great culture i just think that it might be atlanta's time like New England's obviously a great team and definitely the dynasty of the century to this point and pretty much the team of our lifetimes that we can remember. But I want to say two things real quick, Gerard. So, because you're the only one, first of all, that's made a stance on, we've all made our prediction, but you're the only one that's made a stance on what type of game it's going to be. You said 34 to 20, so I'm going to get to that. But first, to your other point, what you just said, I think that everyone's talking about New England and experience and Brady and methodical, and as much as I do worry about that, I think that I just have a hunch, maybe I'll be wrong like I was last year, and Tony pointed that out in the group text, and we got into a big scuffle over it, but maybe I'll be wrong, but I think that this is the year where that just kind of ends. 
I just don't think that it's going to be the same vibe. No, I'm actually I'm with you there, Frank. I think that like all everything has that to just, come to an it's end. It's just going to be kind of like everyone's going to kind of be kind of deer in headlights, and it's just kind of like okay, Atlanta won, and the Patriots just kind of got blown out by 14. But to to your point, you picked 34 20, so it's going to be that kind of game, and I don't think it'd be right for. The, the rest of us three did not take some sort of stance. Don't be afraid of being wrong. I'll go first. I I said that it'd be under 58, and I'd have to look that up again. I, I'm pretty sure I heard on a, a local radio show that it was 58-point over-under in Vegas as far as 24 hours ago. But um, I do see teams moving the football. I think at the, the first couple drives, you know, you see a little bit of nerves, not much, but you know, maybe a couple punts. Back and forth. It is 58. 58. Okay, so I was right. And uh, I think you might see a couple punts here and there, you know, a couple first downs and punt, you know, field position. But I think it will open up towards the end of the first, you know, mid-second quarter. (sighs) Touchdowns will be scored. Celebrations will be had. Emotions will be flying. It's going to be a show. I think that everyone that tunes in, it's going to be a bunch. I think it's going to be something to see. Man. uh, I hope it's something to see. This is a shit playoffs, man. I, I think... Man, maybe with maybe with a late touchdown or something like that, I could see a a, a thirty four twenty four game in in favor of Atlanta by ten. I'm actually changing my prediction because I just remember my square is four for Atlanta and eight for uh, New England. So I'm gonna go thirty four twenty eight Atlanta, and I hope one of the quarters also ends. I don't know twenty eight to fourteen. So I'm saying thirty four twenty twenty four. That's that's the kind of game I see. All right, I could be dead wrong. Who yeah, knows? no, That's I already, I, I already paid s- for entertainment, not my, you know, just paid for my opinion, not my my skills. <laughs> yeah, That's no, for sure. I mean, <laughs> you got that right. I, I kind of, <laughs> I kind of already said this in that. Uh, oh, you won. I think this game's probably going to be a close one, and I think the spread is a good spread, three points. Hot take tone, and. Uh, I mean, I I already said it. I said I think the Patriots are probably going to win by a field goal. I think it's probably going to be something like well, a field goal could be three nothing, Tony, or it could be a high scoring field goal. That's why I'm saying we need to take a stance. Okay, I think it'll probably be like thirty to twenty seven. Okay. Yeah. See, the thing is, I think if Atlanta scored in twenty seven, they're going to if they can get up to twenty seven, they're going to put up like in the thirties to forty. You know, what I'm, does that make sense to what I'm saying? Like. If that's New England I'm wins, myself. If New England wins, I think it's going to be like thirty-one to ten. New England, they're going to make Atlanta one-dimensional and just blow them out of water. But if Atlanta can score, what would be three touchdowns and two field goals? That's five successful drives. You only get about ten in a game. You know, I'm just saying. Yeah, but I mean, it could easily be. You know, I could see what you the said. The Patriots get up early and then yeah, Atlanta scores true. in garbage time to make it close. Yeah, I'm just hoping for a good game. Too. I think I think that you'll see some some high volume. High velocity plays on both sides of the ball, on for both teams for that matter. I really think we will, but like I said, who knows? You know that's why they play the game. But the thing I love about it, man, is that uh, every year it gets bigger and bigger. If you watch the national media, the local media, and just you know in your social circles, um, it gets bigger every single year, and it's just so exciting because they always build the narrative. But at the end of the day, there is no ties. One team is going to get their hand raised. One team's going home happy, and one team's going to lose, and we're going to find out tonight. And that's why what I like about this show, we didn't dilly-dally around with all this riffraff for a whole week. We showed up the day of tonight, this evening. The game's going to go down. The show's going to be out. Our predictions will be made right before. You'll have just enough time to tune in, and, uh, and you'll see what happens the day of. We don't, we don't, uh, we don't dilly-dally around here. Speaking of keeping it timely, Frank's got to get to bed in a little bit because he works midnight, so he just actually got off. Thanks for coming to the show. I know it's hard for you, Frank, but hey, our man. next question. It's my second I, job. We got to address it. I mean, it doesn't have to be long. There's no real debate about it. It's just your opinion versus the next guy's. But if Brady gets this, he gets five Super Bowls in seven attempts. Does that make him the solidified? Like, What I'm asking, I want to clarify some of my now, questions. Don't use, don't use the abbreviation now. I won't. Use the real vocabulary. Jordan is considered the greatest. There's no debate that Jordan's the best basketball player of all time at this point. I'm not saying he won't get passed, but at this time, Jordan's the best. There's no debate that the best one example, in my opinion, is Gretzky because he is a record, but Gretzky's definitely the best hockey player to ever do it. If Brady wins this one, does he reach Gretzky status as the greatest of all time? No debate, hands down, at the quarterback position in the NFL. I think, I think he's already almost there. Uh, as much as I, I don't, I don't like to, you know, represent the Patriots in any way, and 
Uh, I don't like them uh, as an organization. I think, you know, some of the stuff they do is highly questionable, but hey, they win. But um, I think Brady's already there, man. And if he, if he wins this, super, I think, what is he at? Five of seven now? He's, he's four for six. Four for six. So this would be five of seven. Yeah. If he wins, otherwise he's four of seven. Brady's also a Marshawn Lynch running play away from only having three. Well, he's more than that. But yeah, so he if he wins this, he's five out of seven, man. First of all, I mean, based on skills and, and rings and all that stuff, I think you have to say yeah. And I'm just going to say that, you know, I have my man crushes out there. He's got a strong jawline. He's got a lot of media hype. He's just a easier clean cut. Uh, storyline guy, man. Like, you know, he comes, he got, got drafted late. You see the funny video of him running the 40 in his t-shirt. And like, khaki, like, a, like, in, like docker a shorts. He's got the story of a lifetime. He was like the youngest one to win it. He won it, won it when he was real young. He's going to win it. When yeah, he, he won it in his second season. And if he wins it when he's real old, he's been consistent. He's on the best organization with the best coach in Belichick. Yeah, man, if he wins it, he's definitely on Mount Rushmore and he might be the first face on Mount Rushmore. Probably, yeah. To answer the question directly, I like, think, I think, yeah. You can't. Like you didn't even know what the combine was. Well, dude, I'm just saying, yeah, for sure. It's exactly. He looked like a, like a child out dude, there. He just... could have been shopping at Lowe's or going to the combine, the outfit he was wearing, honestly. You could put all the combines today? Like, what, what am I going to do again? Like, work out? Or I think something? you could have put Krasik out there with his full gear on and he probably would have beat him. But, um, it's, and I'm not kidding, but, uh, seriously, but no, man, the good looks, the charm, the, the good looking wife, not to mention being the best organization of this generation and winning five out of seven. Yeah. If he wins. Yeah. Yeah, he is. I think so. I mean, as much as I would not like to say that, who else would you pick? I mean, I don't know if it's even like he has to win it. That's what I. That's what I'm well, saying. Well, I mean, I, I get what you guys are saying. I didn't want to step in until it was my turn, but well, it is debatable right now. I put Payne above him right now, no doubt. He's Payne has a winning record against him in the playoffs. Payne's got two rings. Payne Manning has set all the records. Okay, Wait, and Payne Manning has never had a defense as good as New England's. I'm not trying to make this argument. I'm saying if he wins this, does he solidify it? There's no debate. There is a debate right now. Okay, yeah, but he teabagged. You're guy. talking about. <laughs> Peyton Manning team. I'm, I'm sure, actually, I'm pretty sure Tom Brady's team bagging just out as we speak. I'm keeping it I'm going to be honest with you. That's I'm how keep... I would get ready for the game. I don't know about you. But, Giselle, get over here. My balls are cold. Chicken parm. <laughs> He's giving her the goat. Miss Boothin. He's chicken parming all day. No, yeah. so, so, Jerry, you're saying that he's got to win so this good. one to become better than me. No, no. In my opinion, yeah, but I'm saying right now it's debatable. The question is, the Gretzky, there is no debate. He's the right, He has the most points with just like his assist or some shit like that. But, yeah. I mean, in Corey Howe's offense, they didn't count like tertiary assists or secondary, whatever you want to call them. But what did you just say? Ter- what, tertiary means like oh, third okay. degree. Okay. Just tertiary clear. means stuff like that. Say it five but, times. Tertiary, tertiary, tertiary. Okay. <laughs> I can't you. get there. Thank you. But, I mean, does he solidify it like there's no debate he's the best quarterback? I don't want to say football player because in the NFL, like, with 22 people, I don't think anybody can be the greatest football player. Oh, no. not I wasn't don't, – don't – if that's what you took from my answer, then no. No, no, not that's, that's what I'm saying. Player. I clarified quarterback. Cl- at, name. Name. Quarterback. Yeah. Name. Yeah, quarterback. yeah, no, I was going to say – Vibe. The one thing I would say, here's – when you're looking at Brady, I mean, Brady's been in the league 17 years. The first year, he didn't play at all. He was just a backup. And then the, his second year, Bledsoe got hurt. He took over, and he hasn't looked back. He has four Super Bowl rings and has been to seven Super Bowls in 16 years. I don't know how you can even debate at this point somebody's better than him. Well, you can debate it at this point because the first three he won based on the fact that they had like all-time defenses. Even right now, he still has the best scoring defense. His best season came when he had Randy Moss. He has Grant. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like he put up, how, didn't they win that lose that one Super Bowl seventeen to fourteen to the Giants? Well, when yeah, he, they can't beat the Giants so, in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I get that, but he literally crapped the bed on the biggest stage. Gretzky ain't never crapping no bed. You know that's the point I'm making. So if he wins this, is he Gretzky status? Right now, it's debatable. There's no debate about. Well, that. Gretzky lost to Montreal in the '93 Finals. Yes, to answer your question, he is that. He's that guy, quote yeah. unquote, that guy. If he wins, I mean, dude. when you're looking at uh, quarterbacks and Super Bowls, you got. Montana, who's four for four, Terry Bradshaw, who's four for four, and then you have Tom Brady, who's four for six. And dude, and only guys, there's the only three quarterbacks to win four Super Bowls. No one's won five. He wins there five. There might be some backup that crept four. 
In fair, <laughs> no. Listen, listen. No, listen. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, Dave, but David Carr's got a ring, bro. That's funny. <laughs> Greg Jones got a ring. Journeyman who Look. like goes the the best teams and just rides the pine and <laughs> creeps a ring. That's funny, but it's it's irrelevant, dude. I mean, and we have to also. This could be another topic for another day, another show. But uh, just to touch on it. You gotta you gotta look at history sometimes and realize the moderniz- modernization of of sports, especially football. And uh, I mean, hockey's a little bit different. I mean, Gretzky, there's no doubt about that. The numbers speak for themselves. But when it comes to football, man, like you talk about guys like Roger or Brady and Rogers and and um, and, and guys of now versus like the Montana and and, and the Bradshaws, it was a different game, man. We're talking about decades and decades of things and. I mean, it's the same thing with the Olympics. If you look at the Olympic records uh, now, the the women's records back then are being bro- or the men's record na- back then are being broken by men. Time as time goes on, people get better, and the discussion goes on, and it will keep going on and on. So when you're talking about greatest of all time and things like that, um, you know Brady's here right now playing for Super Bowl today, and I think that that applies. I think you have to take that into consideration. I really do. I just Time is uh, is a very valuable thing, and it's also with just technology and training and all that stuff, man. I mean, dude, come on. You put uh, NFL players of today with someone in the 60s, man. I know you, you got to play who you play and when you got to play, but come on, Although, dude. there's no doubt. One time State did, they were honoring two different teams, like a national championship team. They're also honoring Flozal Adams, and uh, right tackle from State was like 180, like 510 white guy, and Flozo Adams is like 6'7", 350. That's lived 40 you years. You see what I'm difference. saying? So that's why the debate but, keeps going on. That's why we have a podcast. That's why we have sports. Or that's why the discussion continues because t- life goes on. And I also have to point out another reason why it's debatable right now. Belich, when the Patriots didn't have Tom Brady, they went 11-5. and five. And like, they did go 16-0, and 0, so he's worth about five wins to his team. If you put that, the, when the Colts lost Peyton Manning, they went 2-14. and 14. So as you see what I'm saying, like, and this year they went three and one without him. Belichick is a genius, and I think it's the perfect marriage between Brady and Belichick. But I, if he gets five, he's definitely the greatest quarterback. No other quarterback is five. Like I mean, he's he's got all the statistical categories. He's up there with him. His touchdown interceptions only rivaled by Aaron Rodgers, who has him by like a one. And if you, you want to throw, if rings. you want to throw a cherry on top, say they do win, which we're dividing the show. I picked picked Atlanta. But say he does win, and the Patriots do go on to to get another one. Brady gets another ring. He's already saying he's playing for another five years. So, I mean, they ain't going anywhere. Uh, yeah, Brady as far doesn't as the, get hit. As far as the way that uh, they draft and the way that they do business and conduct themselves in a professional way and in, in, in their organization, um, I mean, if he plays, say he doesn't play five, he plays three. Odds right now would say that uh, they got a shot of winning one more, so he could have six. I know, you know if you're of, playing that role. One of my favorite things to say is if ifs were fists, we'd all be drunk. But like, what's crazy is without a David Tyree and a Mario Manningham catch, he's already got six of them bitches. He's going for seven. He's almost completing the hand. If he gets seven, if he hits seven, you're talking about the greatest like athlete of all time. Oh, it's amazing. And, I'm, and that's why I'm saying I think tonight might shock some people, and I might, we might see some deer in headlight kind of eyes and some open mouths and some drool. I think tonight might be the night where it's just like, man, that was cool, but uh, but the new team won. Unless the NFC know? was just vastly overrated, this is definitely the best team that the Patriots face. Okay, who who by a raise of hands or voice was the NFC? The NFC was better this year, right? Am I wrong to say that the NFC was a better conference than the AFC? Yeah, once Derek Carr went out for the Raiders, I don't think it's even close. You pretty much had the Patriots, and then on the other side, you had. The Packers got hot at the end. You had Atlanta. Dallas, Dallas was great. I think if Dallas was playing the Patriots, they have a great shot. I mean, the ifs debate, but I think your Packers had. I, mean, no, I could be wrong. I think the, no. This I, is just I, a side I, note. This is just a side note. I think your Packers had uh, the sun aligned very right that day. I was watching it with you. The sun aligned right, and uh, they had themselves. Actually, I didn't watch it with you, but uh, the, <laughs> I was text. I was texting with you about it. Yeah, you were throwing up the X. The. Um, the sun lined up right for them, and they beat them. But, man, I'm telling you, that Cowboys team, they made some mistakes in that game. If they were still around, I think they would have won it. Yeah, I mean, we can all be Skip Bayless. Joe, what do you think about this go uh, No, well, that's not fair. They were good. I mean, he's still tweeting, bro, if Crosby would have shanked that, Cowboys would Why do you think I just touched upon it? I'm not going to go do a dance about it. I was just saying. They were a good team, man. You lost. 
I, I, no, I, don't I, like Cowboy. I, I, I hate the Cowboys. You. You didn't hate them that day, but Joe, what do you think about this? Oh my god. I was. No, I think uh, there had to be some conjury. It couldn't be all Lily. Wade. I wasn't trying to attack you. I was morally trying to attack Skip Bayless and his eighty-one thousand viewers. Well, the team that's playing so, tonight beat y'all too. So I'll throw my little cheap shot at there too. NFC. I'm NFC Championship, bro. I was trying to rep the NFC, man. Go ahead, Joe. I, I was actually no, trying to agree with you. <laughs> I you think you uh, even fight when you're agreeing. I think uh, you guys have pretty much already hit the nail on the head. You know, I, you know Brady. I, I think he's already there because um, because the difference. You know, you want to talk Bradshaw and Montana. I don't, I don't know if they they're, they're both four for four, but uh, neither of us made it to six. And those, you know, making it I think is half the battle. Because um, think think about how many great players out there in the league have never made it to the Super Bowl uh, and gotten a chance to win it. And you know, so get getting there is pretty tough. Uh, as it is, and he's already been to six. He's going to make it seven. Uh, that right there, man. Even if he loses today, you know he's still played seven damn Super Bowls. That, that's that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty ridiculous. That that's nearly a decade of Super Bowls. Um, and, and you know, like you said, Frank, he, he wants to keep playing uh, next year. Maybe he gets Gronk back, and, uh, and they, they they take another run at it. You know, their their offense already gets that much better when they get Gronkowski back and. Add, add a piece from the draft and maybe free agency. Um, I mean, you know, you know, you got you don't wonder who you know who they're going to add because it's like whatever Belichick touches turns to gold. Uh, well, not all the time, but uh, you know, you got to keep an eye out too. Um, that Michael Floyd they picked up from Arizona, he, he's not the worst receiver in the world, and he's had a couple weeks now to get more involved with the playbook too. So they got they, they got they got so many weapons. They're always finding guys. Uh, and I think that that's that kind of speaks to Brady's career is other than Randy Moss and, and Gronkowski, who are the other major superstars that have played on that team? And Gronkowski's always hurt. Moss was only there for a couple of years. Uh, the, the you know it's not like it only went on when when Moss and Gronkowski have been around. Uh, they, they put they put guys on the field and they put them in the right places and uh, you know Brady Brady's found a way to hit them and and make it happen. So. Yeah, I mean, I Wes Walker was pretty damn good. He had a pretty speaks. good career post uh, Peyton Manning with, or post Tom Brady with Peyton Manning. Like, Walker's pretty damn good at football. I just want to say. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, Walker was pretty damn good, but I mean, he was no Randy Moss. You know what I mean? He wasn't Calvin Johnson or anybody. No, no, fuck no. So that, that, that's what I'm trying to say is like, he, he's had, he's had, you know, and I, got, I guess you could, you know, re- refute that by saying, you know, they, they had a, uh, a really good scheme with Belichick and everything, but that none of that, none of that, fucking works without a guy who can run the offense on yeah, the field that, that's definitely and he's done a very very good job of that good quarterbacks would make uh average receivers look great all the time i remember bill schroeder looked great with uh brett Favre, and then the Lions signed this big contract he came <laughs> here and stunk you know what i mean Asakim yeah. looked great with the rams too and then he came here and stunk yeah exactly i mean it's cool i mean it's sweet to see i mean we might be seeing the best football player of all time you know what i mean it's cool to get to watch him but i just wanted to point out for those of our Listeners, Joe made it 41 minutes before bringing up Notre Dame alum Michael Floyd. Congratulations, Joe. I figured he was going to be the first thing out of your mouth. Oh, well, no. I mean, maybe, maybe if he wasn't, you know, maybe the circumstances were different that he came to New England. Uh, but we all know he, he, he showed he got a DUI, got kicked out of Arizona. Are they like, laws on checks, like oh, I'm going to clean state, your ass up, boy. Yeah, What's that? There's like probation laws he's violating. I think we've I'm already sure. covered Notre Dame and their their new right. era of character. Let's, we we had a new topic. Jerry, we're, bring we're it keep in. Keep it popping. This this is more of just a fun topic. I mean, no real debates here. It's just going to be your least favorite part of Super Bowl Sunday. There's all kinds of great things. We got wings. We got dip. I mean, funny commercials that could be on the least favorite side. But what's your least favorite part of the day? Just anything about the day you don't like. You can talk about Super Bowl Sunday. About correct. Super Bowl Sunday it can be anything, but the guy who talks too loud, fucking. I'll lead off. I can't stand the people who they're there to watch, like the commercials and the halftime show. They talk all during the game, and some of them even talking the commercials. And then halftime comes on. Everybody else wants to talk because it's fucking halftime. I'm like, oh, shut up! I want to hear Lady Gaga sing. Motherfucker, are you kidding me? <laughs> okay, uh, the Super Bowl. It's the game and the commercials. Nobody gives a fuck about halftime. But- that's a fair point. Sure. First and foremost, sure. I, I would uh, personally, uh, when I'm watching the Super Bowl, I don't surround myself with with people that are going to uh, allow me to disengage from the game. I enjoyed the game. I enjoyed 
every moment of the game. I do enjoy the commercials. I don't watch them online. I guess the new big gag is you can watch them online before they come out. I don't do that. Um, I like the commercials. I like the halftime show. Usually, if it's not, then I'll just go about my business and do something else during the halftime. My biggest pet peeve um, is the weight, man. You know, you get this big buildup. It's, uh, jam- That's a good one, Frank. It's the weight. You, you oh, get- yeah, they have a three-hour fucking pregame show. Well, it's show. not even that. It's, you get jammed down your throat all week. You got all these guys coming out giving their two cents about this and that. And it all comes out of this one 60-minute game. But especially uh, now that I work midnights, um, and one of my, my, my enjoyments is getting off work early in the morning and, and listen to some sports talk radio and it's Sunday morning. And obviously the worst guys are going to get on, on the morning show uh, on a Sunday. Cause what, what how, you think Valente is going to get on there a Sunday morning, talk Super Bowl? You think Foster is getting on there? You know, no one, you think I'm getting on there? You know, no, none of the big names are getting on that show. Okay. Uh, we're so, on, <laughs> on Sunday morning okay. right now. Then, well, this is, this is, we're getting paid for this and this is a, a more national show. But I'm talking about locally. I got to get in my car and hear some guy who's probably wearing a, a stained T-shirt from the Salvation Army talking about the Super Bowl and uh, who and why this and why that. And um, it's just the wait, man. Everybody's got to start somewhere, Frank. And that's why. Uh, well, not me. And that's why uh, I'm just glad I can come here off a midnight shift, do the podcast, get some rest, and wake up and watch the damn game. I don't like the wait, man. If I didn't, if I wasn't on a midnight schedule, I'd be sitting around all day eating chips and dip, waiting and just listening to these talking heads who don't know anything more than we do about this damn game. Uh, the same at I, as far as IQ level goes, I don't care if you're Shannon Sharp or Skip Bayless. It, there's a 50-50 coin flip going on. It's, it's the Falcons versus the Patriots. One team's going to win. You can dance around all you want, but one team's going to win and one team's going to go home crying. It's going to be a, a halftime show. Maybe we'll see a nipple. But I want to see the damn game. So if one it is thing, Lady Gaga. If, it is Lady Gaga. Uh, maybe Roll we'll see your oh, But uh, uh, uh. the one thing I take away as far as as far as my least favorite is just the wait. And fortunately, I won't have to wait very long today. And uh, I'll see the Falcons win later on. I just, I mean, this, it really, of all the things that burn me in this world, like money and politics, like how we don't pay our veterans, stuff that really gets under my skin. I think what up there in my top five is the length of the Super Bowl halftime show. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's, there's a standard amount of time for halftime to the regular season. I believe it's 15 minutes. Players talk about they get completely undressed in the halftime because it goes 25 minutes to a half an hour. You realize that's the entire length of the rest of the fucking game. You know how ridiculous that is? If you want to have a rock concert, there's a whole parking lot you can block off. Anybody who wants to go see it can go walk outside and watch Lady Gaga perform. What time do you think the game's going to end? The acoustic sucks. It'll probably end around midnight like normal. Yeah. Don't even get me started. Not to mention, if we're going on that track, they're talking about moving the number of commercials every quarter next year from five to four. That's a fucking commercial for three minutes. That's ridiculous. But back to the halftime, it's 25 minutes the teams get to plan and prep for having. You know how big of an advantage that is if you have Belichick or some great genius back there? It's ridiculous, the halftime show. If you want to come out and sing one song, no stage, sing freaking My Country Tis of Thee or something, good, knock yourself out. Great, get a marching band out there. But 25 fucking minutes, it needs to end. It's ridiculous. So Tony's got the bitching people at the party. I've got the weight in general. Jerry's got... The halftime show. The question is, Joe, what is yours? Mine is uh, that it's the only game of the day. We spent a whole season, football Sunday, uh, get to watch a few different games. Uh, now I got to just sit here and wait for one game, and it's kind of pressing. Uh, yeah, it's one of those almost like the build up to it is just like no matter yeah. what, it can't equal. They should have a third place game. Have the two teams that lost in the conference championships <laughs> Bro, play each other You think that place? people are going to pay $10 million a year going out there and risking an ACL for a third-place trophy? Boy, you must be outside your mind. I'm just saying, well, it would beat think, the three-hour uh, pregame show. Why don't you do the Pro Bowl on the same day? I could I mean, Because nobody watches the Pro Bowl. No, the yeah, pro, but they, they would if they would like ne- that would never. That would never. Everyone's everyone's having a Super Bowl party anyway. They should put the Super that Bowl at like three p.m. Man. So that, that, way that would never you work. You tie one on and go to bed. That would never. Well, in Joe's case, Joe's case, he could do that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Joe's lucky, but they could be watching it at noon. Joe could be getting ready for that game right now. Wings in the crockpot. At least do it at like four East Coast time, so it's one. What? 
on the Pacific time zone, but I mean, we're talking like what is what's the kickoff like six forty? It's supposed to be six thirty, but you know I always change it up because it tear. Yeah, it's gonna be like three thirty out here. When I was in Hawaii, uh, game, I, I think that Seahawks game. My started question like is, why is something. the game taking five and a half fucking hours? Dude, it, it's promotion, man. It's just how it works. It's no one likes that. I mean, a normal football game is like three and a half hours tops. The fact of the matter is, the only going to change is I lose viewers. But who the hell is going to say like there's going to be a boycott of the Super Bowl? You know exactly. what I mean? Like nobody's going to protest that. I just wish the NFL would be like, all right, here's the plan. We're going to raise the prices of commercials, but we're going to because we're going to limit how many we have. Yeah. So we'll still make the same amount of money because. Simple supply and demand. When I'm with because brands are still going to pay money for the Super Bowl spots, so they want the Super Bowl spots. It's just going to be less commercials. And oh yeah, halftime show. We're going to bring a mic out on the field. Singer comes out, sings their two songs. They're going to sing. They're going to have all these dancers and have to put together a stage and take a part of the stage. We're just going to mic front of the field. You guys remember Katy Perry those stupid ass sharks? Like what the fuck? It's a football game. You know what I mean? These leagues, I mean, they don't care. But I'm not getting into it. It's going to get me too hot. You know, it's too early in the guys, morning. Guys, we're having but a good show. It, it, there's too much. It is what it is, man. I hate saying that, but it is what it is. It's it's media. It's marketing. It's promotion. It's money. There's millions and billions of dollars that are going on. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just straight cash. I it's mean, we cash. Hey, I just sold the way okay. so they can keep making as much money. money and make it's, more and if, and if cash thing's a surprise to you, it, it shouldn't be. I mean, you see, you see the movement of teams in the league and, and why they're moving and whatnot. I mean, it's... It's all a business, man, and and, I, and, I, and it really kind of stinks that there's human beings involved in the players and the, and like them and their families have to kind of just get dragged around by it, uh, and the game maybe suffers a little bit. But let's face it, professional sports, uh, it's not it's not like college or, or uh, it's you know, a business. Olympics it's or anything a like that. It's, it's strictly turning into a business, and, and and you see in a lot of players too, they 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 uh, become accustomed to it and they act like businessmen. Rather than athletes, and it, it's it, you know it's a little weird to we're me. Get, but, uh, Joe, we're gonna get into next week and the whole player and their quote unquote brand and selling them, promoting themselves over the team and over the organization. That's a whole other exactly. show. You're, no, you're, yeah, you're teasing the fa- I mean, that, a good tease. You're doing a good strip tease for the because that's a topic for next week's show. Good. Is um is uh, individuals versus team and brand? Yeah, next week we'll get back to the, the I mean the issues and start just breaking down games. Yeah, because we could go all day. I mean, we really could. We're, I, I we're, right, say, right, yeah, I'm just saying. We're up against yeah. our hour deadline, so I believe Joe has a surprise question for us. Well, I, yeah, do, I just want to say one thing before we go. To summarize, it's been a year, guys. We love you. Um, the Super Bowl is today. Woo-hoo! You'll hear this show. Uh, before the Super Bowl goes on, hopefully, if you're a true fan, which we all know you are, it's going to be great. Um, it's been a hell of a ride, ups and downs along the way. I love each and every one of these guys in the show, and I love all of our fans. But this is going to be me kind of making fun of Joe because we're going to end the show with kind of what I think is a a little bit of a ridiculous topic. But we love Joe, and Joe is a, a captain in the core, so he gets to do what he wants on this show. And Joe... I'll kick it over to you. Do you have something to say about the San Jose Sharks uniform colors? Oh, <laughs> is that what you want to end the show with? No, no, no. That was, but I will say it though, real quick. I, I honestly wish, which I have uh, no idea why so, we would talk about, but I, I so give this, it to this you. This is totally random. I'll, I'll give, you, I'll give you the quick backstory. So every time I watch hockey, I have to watch it on the NHL app on a, on a Roku on the Roku TV. You, you know what I'm talking about, Frank? I do. Um, and so. In between, like I don't, I don't get the commercials though. So like you know, Ken and Mickey, they go out to commercial. I get all these highlight reels of uh, of just whatever highlights. You know, what I'm saying like that NHL.com puts up. Yes. Sir. And one of them was the Sharks scoring a goal, but they were wearing their it was like a retro night in San Jose, so they're wearing their '90s jerseys uh, at home. And uh, and so when I saw that, I was like, man, you know those? I I really like those jerseys the best. I wish they'd go back to wearing those. So I shared it with y'all. And that, that's why that's why I said that. But the, the real the real thing I wanted to bring up was um, I, I was just I was in the shower. I was I was doing you know what I normally do and just think about hockey. We don't need to know uh, what you do in the shower. Yeah, <laughs> go away, Kirsten Bane. Was Michael Phelps involved or? No, not 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 last night. Um, <laughs> so so <laughs> that was a couple years ago. So so let's I mean let's cut to the chase here. Detroit's probably going to get a top pick, um, 
and just kind of like playing it over my head, like what what they could possibly do, and and keeping hey, in mind that the last this, two games, this All is right. not don't a particularly get, uh, going, deep please. draft, and so uh, you know my, my my question is earlier in the year we're going after a couple of different defensemen who are under the age of twenty five. Um, would you, if if you could, and you could you could trade for that guy, and, and a later first round pick, trade your top overall pick for someone like a Jacob Truba. Gain still gain the first round pick. You'd be later in the round though, but J, uh, get Jacob Truba for the for the third. Let's say we'll call it the third overall pick, just just for for uh, for shits and giggles. Um, would you would you trade that for uh, Jacob Truba, defenseman under twenty five, more of a sure thing yeah. than a draft pick uh, at this point because he's highly sought after, and, uh, and and then pick later in the first round and maybe pick up somebody else. Uh, I think emphatically my answer to that question is no, because I think the problem around here is the lack of top talent. And, like, if you're not drafting the top three, you're not getting a fucking Patrick Kane or somebody like that. And that's what we need around here. We need a Kane. We need another Fedorov. We need another Eisman, something like that. And if you drop down, you're just going to get another Larkin, who's a great piece and a stud. But at the end of the day, he's not going to carry your team to the finals. So, yeah, no, I wouldn't move out of the top five. If you're talking about seven through ten, then maybe. But other than that, no. If you're about uh, talking about top pick like that, I also would agree with Gerard. My answer is no. Um, I think Ken Holland has proven post-salary cap era that he can't mess around with those kind of, oh, we'll deal you this for this already, quote-unquote, proven uh, guy. Give me the young top one, two, three, four guys overall in the draft, whatever, like the top guys, and we'll take our chances, man. Uh, odds are, with the way the, the competition and talent levels have been rising, we're going to hit the jackpot. You know, it's like Jerry just said, it happened with a number of teams. It's going to happen again. Give me the top picks. Fuck Ken Holland and fucking fuck trading up for later picks, man. I can't be any more candid than that. I'll take the top picks. If we're going to tank out and lose... And I'm not saying we are. There's still 30 more games. There's a possibility we could still make a run and do the whole bit where we uh, make the playoffs in the last spot. There really is a chance because this team doesn't seem to have as bad as they are. And I I don't want to get into this. It's the last thing I'm going to say. I'm putting my headphones down. As bad as they are and as bad as they look in the rankings, there's still 30 games left despite their their, uh, disgraceful effort or uh, not effort, disgraceful performance so far. They have effort, and they're playing. So there's a chance they could make it. But give me the top picks over the deals any day as far as right now is concerned. Resnick did have a pretty good shutout last night, though. Go ahead. Yeah, they, you know, they, no, they beat Nashville one not they, they beat the Islanders the night before, but they lost five games in a row before that. I think they're almost dead last in, in the conference. They're one and point above dead last. One point above, de- uh, above dead last in the, the, the whole nation. So uh, – so fuck them for now, but good for them if they decide to go ahead and make a run. But I'd rather just get some top picks and just move on, man. The streak's got to end. We gotta, uh, maybe we can, once we start having kids and starting families, they can enjoy the same opportunity that we had growing up and um, see some greatness and not just mediocrity. And that's all I have to say about the Red Wings because this isn't about the Red Wings. It's a Super Bowl show. But, Tony, if you want to have any last thoughts, you do so and then pay the bills. I'm going to uh, move on about my day. Thank you. Okay. I love you guys. Love you too, Frank. But so I'm I'm actually in agreement with Jerry and Frank. I mean, unless you're the Lions in pretty much any sport, you're if you have a top five pick, it's going to be somebody who's proven and they're going to be making an impact right from the go. And if you're trading for a guy who's, you know, four or five years into their career and then you're picking up a guy who's probably going to develop a couple years before he's a starter, you're losing time there. Where this way we're getting a guy who we can draft and he can come in right away and improve the team right from the bat. But we also can have his full career. We're not going to be trading for the guy who's going to come in right away who's going to have a shorter career basically because he's already been in the league for a while. Yeah, and, and you know, reason I, I bring it up, uh, I mean, like, Troop is only like 22 years old, so it's not like he's, he's 26 or something. But um, Yeah, these draft picks are 18. Yeah, well, I mean, it's It'll not guaranteed they come up right away either. Right, the, the, the first two picks will probably come in, but a, after that, uh, they're going to at least spend another year in juniors. Anyways, um, yeah, the reason I bring it up is because uh, there's, already, there's already quite a few articles out um, on, on how the Red Wings should go ahead and rebuild and, and, and who they should sell and 
what they can do uh, in the first round this year and assuming that they, they shit down again, uh, you know, the, the first round the following year. And I guess the, the 2018 draft is going to be pretty deep. So uh, getting, getting a top pick in that draft would be very beneficial as well. But, uh, you know, Frank, Frank mentioned it last week, 2020, realistically, could be a time where contenders again. Uh, and that, and that, that, that's uh, actually what a lot of articles have, have been saying. Uh, if, if they want to do it right, they got a clean house, go after top picks the next couple of years, and uh, and shoot for 2020. So that, that's all I got in the revenues this week. All right. That's it. We're right on an hour almost. So uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Wait, before you pay the bills, Tony, next week, um, I just want to give a little tease like we always do. Um, next week, this was Super Bowl heavy, obviously, because it's Super Bowl Sunday. Um I say we talk about what Joe referenced earlier uh, as far as player, um, you know, players' egos against their team and organization. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit about fighting, UFC. I'd like to talk about whatever comes up along the week, and it's going to be a great show next week as well. So stay tuned, and, um, you know, in, it, whatever your persuasion is, go Falcons or go Patriots. In my case, go Falcons. And uh, now, Tony, you can pay the bills. All right. As always, you can find the show on twitter.com slash rsfpodcast, facebook.com slash revolutionary sports front, or you can just search like revolutionary sports front on either one of those. Also, we're online at revolutionarysportsfront.com. You can email the show directly at revolutionary sports front at gmail.com. All the guys are on Facebook and Twitter, so you can get at us that way with any questions or feedback there as well. You can message the page on Facebook, slide into our DMs on Twitter. One year in the books, boys. One yeah, year in the books. It's been I a crazy it. year. I love y'all. And uh, that's love it. You. Thank, Thank you. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a part of the sports revolution. Adios, amigos!